Hey friends, this is episode 23 of Faith Fitness Joy, how calorie counting is keeping you from getting the results you want. We've all heard that if you want to lose weight, you have to eat less calories than you burn. So why is it that when you obsessively count your calories and restrict your intake almost to an extreme, you still don't get the results you want? Well, there are some big myths and misconceptions about calories and calorie counting behind this, and I'm going to share those with you in today's episode. So if you're ready to get better results without the calorie obsession, then join me in today's episode of Faith Fitness Joy. This is Faith Fitness Joy, and I'm Rochelle Weiss. Does losing weight or getting fit and healthy seem hopeless? Do you struggle with how to get started? Maybe you're tired of being on the diet and fitness roller coaster, or sometimes feel overwhelmed, depressed, and like you have somehow lost yourself in the busyness of motherhood, work, and life. Do you want to have more energy and feel more connected and happy? Do you seek a deeper connection to God? Faith, Fitness, Joy is all about achieving whole health. It is about health of the body, mind, and soul for Christian moms. If you are ready to lose weight or get fit, improve your nutrition, feel better, healthier, and happier, while also strengthening and deepening your connection to God, then this is the podcast for you. All right, welcome to episode 23 of Faith, Fitness, Joy. So, how many of you have spent weeks or months living on a tight daily caloric budget only to find yourself stuck at a certain weight after a certain point in time, no matter how perfectly you stay within this daily caloric budget. Or perhaps you see continued weight loss, but find yourself feeling hungry all the time. After a point, you get fed up, you're not getting results worth the pain of constant deprivation, and you're sick of calorie counting altogether. Does any of this sound familiar? We are told that the key to weight loss is to eat less than we burn. While there is some truth to this, there are also a lot of myths and misconceptions around this, which I'm going to get into today. Some of these are, one, all calories are created equal. A calorie is a calorie, right? Two, the greater the deficit, the greater the weight loss. And three, you just aren't committed enough if you can't stick with it. As I say often in my podcast episodes and in my blog, I have tried every diet there is. Most of them have one thing in common, which is they all involve a form of caloric reduction or restriction. So many, uh, Some dress this up differently than others. For example, low-carb or keto diets don't paint themselves as a calorie-counting or calorie-restricting diet per se, but eliminating entire food groups is essentially the same thing. By eliminating carbohydrates, for example, a significant portion of calories is being cut from your daily diet or caloric intake. Others, like Weight Watchers, transform the calorie counting into a point system. Noom follows a similar concept where your caloric budget increases with the amount of physical activity you do in a certain day. Then, of course, there's the straight-up calorie counting types of diets. These approaches tend to put us in this sort of all-or-nothing mindset. We want results faster, so we aim to make the deficit as large as possible. We do this by going overboard with exercise and eating as little as possible. 
we also get into this mentality that if we aren't perfect in following whatever the diet is, that we are somehow doing a bad job or failing, which then makes us feel hopeless or discouraged. The biggest issue with the focus being solely on calorie counting or caloric restriction, regardless of the form it takes, is that it fails to factor in the quality of what we eat. The focus becomes restriction and weight loss instead of pro properly fueling our bodies. This is one of the reasons I don't like the concept of a quote diet, because restriction is inherent in the term. On some level, we're always approaching eating through this lens of what must be avoided or what is quote bad food or what is off limits and we can't have it, which only makes you want it more, right? In effect, it becomes a form of self-punishment rather than self-care. This happens in a very subtle way. On the surface, we're getting healthy, we tell ourselves. We're exercising and eating less. Surely that's a good thing, right? No, not necessarily. There are all sorts of things that happen in our bodies and minds when we do this. For example, restricting calories too much, meaning the deficit in what you consume relative to what you burn, affects the hormones involved in our metabolism. After a certain point, your metabolism slows down from being in too large of a deficit for too long. So it will become harder for you to lose weight. Worse, in response, our impulse or reaction to this sort of stall in progress is to restrict ourselves further and increase the amount of exercise that we're doing to burn more. This just makes the situation worse, and it is why the scale stops moving even though you're doing even more. In the meantime, you're burning yourself out. This is not sustainable for anyone. Sure, some may be able to push themselves longer than others, but eventually you're going to crack. Your body will force you one way or another, often through injury or illness. Eventually, you will crack and overeat, which is really just your body pumping out excess hunger hormones to get you to refuel it after depriving it for too long. This is when we feel guilty and ashamed, and we tell ourselves that we're weak for not being able to sustain what is actually impossible to sustain. This all occurs because our focus is on the wrong thing, and we've been misled by the tenets of these different diets that deprivation of food and overexertion and exercise are the keys to that perfect body that we all want. I have spent far too much of my life in this very trap. My body is still very much recovering from decades of cycling through all these different diets. I've learned all that I'm telling you the hard way, and in many respects, I am still working to reverse what I've done to myself by buying into all of these different fat diets. The good news is that you can recover. <clears throat> Even better news, you can get the physique you want without torturing yourself this way. In fact, the more you eat of the right kinds of foods, the kind that actually fuel your body, the better your body will look. The old adage is true. We are what we eat. Exercise is equally important, of course. But again, it's a shift from beating your body into shape, again, by doing these crazy over-the-top workouts, to taking good care of it and keeping it strong and healthy. Again, exercise that's designed and focused on increasing your strength, building muscle, 
uh, moderate cardio like walking. So what are the myths and misconceptions that get us into this boat? And what are better ways to go about getting the results that we want? Let's get into it. Okay, so the first myth is that all calories are created equal. We've all heard that a calorie is a calorie and calories in, calories out. Technically, this is true if you are looking at this strictly from an energetic perspective. That's what a calorie is, a unit of measurement of energy. Food is energy and calories tell us how much energy given foods have. That said, the type of fuel each food provides can be very different. You can think of it like the difference between the lower grade gasoline and the highest grade gasoline. Your car will perform differently based on what you give it most of the time. It's a similar concept with your body and the types of food that you eat. Let's say that you set a daily caloric budget for yourself of 1500 calories. You can technically eat whatever you want in a day as long as you stick to this upper limit, but you will feel and perform very differently depending on what comprises that 1500 calories. Trust me, I speak from experience on this. Let me give you an illustration. So scenario one, again, we're looking at 1500 calories. Let's say for breakfast, you have a sausage and cheese breakfast sandwich, say from a coffee shop or a fast food place, no egg, just sausage, cheese, and like an English muffin or buttered toast or something like that. Roughly, you're looking at 350 calories, and let's say you also get a non-fat latte. That's 94 calories. You don't even want to know what's in some of those other coffee drinks a lot of people get. Lunch, let's say you have a six-inch turkey and cheese sub sandwich. That's 310 calories, and let's say you have the smaller... 10 ounce bag of potato chips with that, that's 160 calories. And let's say you have a small soda, that's 146 calories in the drink. Let's say for dinner you have a salad, 135 calories, and spaghetti with meat sauce, that's 335 calories. All of this totals up for the day to 1530 calories and there's no snacks or desserts or anything in between meals or after dinner. The second scenario, Breakfast, you have a protein shake, let's say protein with almond milk, 137 calories. Mid-morning snack, you have a protein shake with a banana. Uh, so the protein shake, again, 137 calories. The banana is 105 calories. And say you have a piece of whole grain toast with half a tablespoon of peanut butter. That's 116 calories. For lunch, let's say you have a small turkey and avocado sandwich on a multi-grain uh, roll or bread, um, half like one slice of bread with, let's say, some tomatoes, the little cherry tomatoes, and some sliced cucumbers. That whole meal would be 344 calories. Let's say for afternoon snack, you have an apple with two tablespoons of peanut butter. That's 275 calories. And let's say for dinner, you have two chicken tacos with uh, two tablespoons of shredded cheese and corn tortillas, 315 calories. And say dessert or evening snack, you have some mixed berries. That's 100 calories. So all of that for the second scenario totals to 1529 calories. So in both scenarios, we're looking at about the same amount of calories. Uh, but in the second scenario, you're getting a lot more food and you're getting better quality food in that the calories are coming from foods with higher nutritional value. 
The second scenario includes more lean protein, sources of fat that also have vitamins and nutrients in them, like avocados and nut butters, and there are more fresh fruits and vegetables integrated into the the day, as well as higher fiber foods, all of which provide better satiation for your body throughout the day. As you can imagine, if you're following an even more restrictive calorie limit, you'd likely be cutting an entire meal out of the day um, with to stay within your limit. With with especially with the first scenario, if you're not being more mindful about the quality of the food that you're eating, this would leave you feeling hungry most of the time, especially if you're also exercising. That's really going to rev up your appetite, um, and it doesn't work so well with keeping your calories super low. Now, while it's completely contrary to what most of us have been taught, the more you eat along with exercise, the better your body will function and eventually look, assuming that you're eating more of the foods that actually nourish your body and give it fuel and nutrients and basically food that it can use. So 1,700 calories comprised of foods empty in nutritional value like pastries, donuts, chips, lattes, mochas, sodas, candies, cookies, or that are high in saturated fats and processed ingredients like fast food or many frozen foods or prepackaged foods is not the same as 1,700 calories comprised of lean protein sources, healthy fats um, like olive oil, nut butters, avocados, and complex carbohydrates like fruit, vegetables, and high fiber breads, pastas, and grains. You can do either and get some results as long as you are within your daily limits, but your body composition and how well your body functions will be very different. Following the second example over time, you will see improvements in many other areas besides just your waistline. You're going to see improvements in your hair, skin, and you'll start to see more muscle tone and overall uh, physique that you're aiming for. Um, We've heard the term skinny fat, right? And that's where you might be smaller in terms of your weight and size, but your physique or body composition reflects a not so great diet. And that's what you could end up with if you're just like obsessing about the calorie counting, but you're not looking at the quality of the food. So while a calorie is a calorie, not all calories are created equal in terms of their value for your body's nutrition. Um, Many of the calories that we consume have little to no value. So it is important to be um, mindful of the types of calories we consume in addition to how many calories that we're consuming in a given day. So the second myth or misconception is that the greater the deficit that you're in, the greater the weight loss you're going to get. This is another really pervasive myth about nutrition and weight loss that continues to float around out there. Looking back, I cannot believe how many years I tortured myself believing this. I have done several variations of low calorie diets that were straight calorie counting approaches. One was based on what you wanted to weigh. So let's say you want to weigh 130 pounds, you just add a zero to that number and that's your caloric intake for the day. So in that case, it would be 1300 calories. Another was staying at or under a thousand calories a day. And the most insane that I've ever tried was 500 calories a day. For the record, I don't recommend any of these approaches to anyone. 
the basic idea of this myth is that when trying to lose weight, the greater the caloric deficit each day, the more weight you'll lose. This is often accompanied with exercise. In my case, it was always accompanied with exercise. And what I found in my own experience doing this is that you lose weight up to a certain point and then it stops coming off, at which point you restrict yourself even further, thinking that this is going to help you, only to find that you remain stuck. Eventually, you give up and go back to, quote, normal eating, or you up your calories in some other way. And then the weight that you did lose comes back on on even faster than it took you to lose it in the first place. It will level off at some point, and then you'll continue to just maintain a certain caloric intake, but you won't start to decline again easily, if at all. After years of doing this to myself, I learned this happens because you're starving yourself in a way, at least as far as your body is concerned. From the brain, and by extension your central nervous system and endocrine system's perspectives, you're not getting enough food or nourishment relative to the output, especially if you're exercising on top of you know, really overboard restricting yourself. This triggers your body to hold on to what it does get, slowing the metabolism down. The longer this goes on, the more you screw up your metabolism and inadvertently making it really, really hard to lose weight. So while being in a deficit is key to losing unwanted body fat and weight, you need to find a balance so that the deficit is not so large that it triggers your body into slowing your metabolism down. As much as we want to lose weight quickly, slow and steady is truly the golden ticket when it comes to losing and maintaining a good weight. So that brings me to the third myth or misconception, which is that you just aren't committed enough if you can't stick with it. Of all the myths and misconceptions out there, this has to be the one that pisses me off the most. Pardon my French. As if misleading people down a path of destroying their metabolism isn't enough, Some will actually tell you that it's because you're weak when the inevitable catches up with you. I have a little reality check for folks on this. Most of these fad diets, these restrictive approaches are not sustainable for life. I'm sure there are folks out there who have stuck with them for years, maybe even decades. I'm one of them. I've done some of these for years on end. But Sooner or later, you will fall off the proverbial wagon with these approaches. And it's not because you're not committed enough. It's not because you're not hardcore enough. And it's not because you don't want results as bad as the next person. It's because your body is going to find a way to force you out of that crap one way or another. Your body needs a minimum level of nourishment and it requires protein, fat, and carbohydrates to function properly. This is by design. It's nature. It's biology. It is the way that our bodies are constructed. It's the way that they're designed to operate. It's what helps them function properly. Cutting entire food groups, i.e. carbohydrates, or over-restricting caloric intake in some other form is not sustainable for life. So when you find yourself finally veering from one of these types of plans, remember it is not some character flaw or weakness. Life is short and quality of life is important. Living life, you know, enjoying vacations, social events, doing things with your friends, etc. It should not completely derail your progress or require you to show up with a cooler of your own special food everywhere you go. Honestly, who wants to do this for their entire life? I mean, seriously, think about it. Following 
A reasonable eating approach coupled with exercise most of the time will result in a healthier you, down to your physique. It may take more time to reach a certain goal. It may take more time and prep and planning some of the time or most of the time as your your day-to-day life. But it also allows flexibility for things like vacations and social events and going out with your friends occasionally without destroying your progress. Again, so long as you're consistent. This is key for your body. It wants consistency. So if you provide it fuel and exercise 85 to 90% of the time, you can achieve that physique that you want without living in deprivation and beating yourself with exercise indefinitely. So those are the three myths around calorie counting and dieting in general that I wanted to break down and shed some light on in today's episode. I hope you find these helpful. I've done a couple podcast episodes and blog posts about uh, methods of eating that I personally find manageable and sustainable if you want to check them out. They are uh, macro tracking and what is often referred to as clean eating. Those are the two that I tend to cycle through myself. Uh, Regardless of what you do, keeping track of your food and water intake as well as exercise are all great ways to keep you on track and sustain your progress. At a minimum, it makes you more aware of what you're eating. It can really illuminate for you where you might need to make some improvements or tighten some things up to get better results. I have been doing this for years to keep my head in the game, so to speak. Um, And I've created a number of fitness and progress trackers that are all available on Amazon. And I've included the links for those in the description for today's episode if you want to check those out. All right, that concludes today's episode of Faith Fitness Joy. I hope this has blessed you. Please share your thoughts in the comments if you find this helpful and want to continue the pursuit of Faith Fitness and Joy with me, please like and subscribe. You can also find Faith Fitness Joy on Facebook and Instagram or check out the website at faithfitnessjoy.com. Thanks so much for listening and I hope to see you in the comments and on the socials. Thank you so much for joining Faith Fitness Joy today. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. I would love to hear what you think, so please leave a comment and let me know what you found helpful or what you'd like to learn more about in future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe. You can also connect with me on social media at Faith Fitness Joy on Instagram or Facebook. Check out the blog at www.faithfitnessjoy.com. This is Rochelle Weiss wishing you health and happiness of mind, body, and soul.